edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with you as always. And in today's show, it's time to preview some RBs for fantasy football in 2023. I'll be previewing the top 20 running backs at the position, fantasy pros and half PPR, maybe mention a couple of other guys after that as well. And I'll also have my fourth bold take of the offseason on this show. So we just had one show yesterday, another show today, another show tomorrow and the day after that on the tentative schedule as I catch up on the positional preview episodes for your fantasy drafts, which are coming up very soon in just a couple of weeks as we head toward August. So thank you all. For tuning in, as always, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast, second goal fantasy at gmail.com. You can send your fantasy questions. I mentioned on my last episode when I was recording that my Scott Fishbowl draft was almost finished. Now it is almost, almost finished. It's in the final round. I'm going to be up at the 22.11 in seven picks or I have six picks before me. So then I'll be able to make my last round pick, have my team wrapped up. And I will discuss on the show probably briefly. I know many of you probably are aware of the Scott Fishbowl. Maybe some aren't, but it's uh, like I mentioned on the last episode, big 3000 plus team charity fantasy football league with lots of analysts, lots of fans. And my draft is almost wrapped up and I'm really, really happy with it. So I'm sure I'll talk about that more again once it's completely finished. But we got lots to get to on the episode as well. So I'll jump right into it. Let's start with a bold take. And I hinted at this one on the last episode. For me, my bold take today is that Brandon Cooks, the Fantasy Pros wide receiver 41, will be a top 30 receiver in fantasy football, half PPR in 2023. And this one's as simple as it gets. I told you last episode, when I was looking at Brandon Cooks's ranking, I was stunned because people forget just how good he is and how he's still shy of 30. He's going to turn 30 this season, but he is still 29 years old and his career stats really show it all. He's been the wide receiver one for many teams in the past. Had a thousand yard season in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2020, and 2021. And those two seasons were with the Houston Texans. Last year, played 13 games, played through atrocious QB play. He gets a major upgrade. No more Davis Mills. Now it's Dak Prescott, who throws for a lot of yards the Cowboys have led the league in points in the past Brandon Cooks gets a huge spot he has shown a tendency to take up lots of targets and I think he could definitely be the next Amari Cooper and is the clear wide receiver too in this Dallas Cowboys offense you have CeeDee Lamb ahead of him sure but no more Dalton Schultz that opens up a lot of intermediate opportunities for Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup has been of course, oft injured, hasn't really had the chance to secure that wide receiver two role yet. I think Brandon Cooks is the better talent. He's going to come in here and just like people have forgotten about him and underrated him in fantasy drafts year after year after year, he's going to finish in the top 30. Wouldn't be surprised if he finished in the top 24 or even the top 20 for you. This is an easy value pick. Wide receiver 41 is Brandon Cooks's basically absolute floor. When you see these guys ranked there, and obviously there's a chance Brandon Cooks finishes at the wide receiver 41. Uh, considering that, I mean, there are, there is a range of outcomes there, but it's hard to imagine a situation. It's basically impossible to imagine a situation in which Brandon cooks, given how many targets he will command or should command falls outside of the top 40 receivers. So with the upside that's there, there's no reason not to take it because there's no risk involved and a big reward. I expect to see those touchdown numbers as well rise a little bit. He only had three touchdowns last year, but going from the Texans to the Cowboys should help a lot. He was a consistent touchdown getter in 2015, 2016, 2017, back when he had better offenses as well. So we know he can do it. 
And I'm expect I'm excited to see him come back out there this year and put up a great season. So that's my bold take for this episode. Let's go to RBs. We're gonna talk 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 top twenty guys. The RB one on Fantasy Pros and the guy who should probably be the number one or number two in case you're thinking of getting Justin Jefferson at the number one pick in your half PPR single QB fantasy drafts is Christian McCaffrey. And we know how much of a dual threat he is in the through the air on the ground. He stayed healthy last season, went to the 49ers. A lot of people faded Christian McCaffrey, thought he wasn't going to get the same work when he went to the 49ers. I tweeted out when that trade happened that Chris, that made Christian McCaffrey the best running back in fantasy football. And since the trade, once he started getting meaningful time, he was the best RB in fantasy football. Finished the season week 13 as the RB1, RB2, RB5, RB14, RB2, and RB7 last six weeks of the season, putting up absurd numbers. He racked up over 100 targets last year, over 1,000 yards on the ground and 700 plus more through the air he is going to continue to be fantastic as long as he can stay on the field but there is going to be injury risk and there is injury risk for almost every rb so there's not going to be a major reason to me to fade mccaffrey out of that 101 spot when he showed what he can do he showed we can do on the field last year tops any other rb and he can be in a tier of his own and that's enough to warrant him at the number one overall pick the RB2 on Fantasy Pros is Austin Eckler. He broke out last season, 18 touchdowns, over 1,600 yards from scrimmage, had a ton of great weeks, obviously is working on that contract situation with the Chargers right now, but he will be back for next year and back and better than ever. He should be with Justin Herbert because he's another guy who in half PPR leagues gets targeted so much out of the backfield that he can get just huge value from those targets, from those extra bumps for your receptions and all of that. So... Eckler, whatever he, whatever you may knock on him about his health as well last year, he is still a fantastic running back overall, and um, especially through the air. Not always, they're definitely undersized, not a between the tackles type of runner as much because, but he does get his money's worth through the air and caught over a hundred passes, which is really historic. I believe he was only like the fifth RB, I want to say, to catch over 100 passes. He set some sort of record where he was in that club. But, I mean, just absurd amount. He's especially great in full PPR. The RB3, Bijan Robinson. He's a rookie. You don't usually see rookies ranked this highly, but you also don't usually see rookies with the talent of Bijan. He is a true three-down back with pass-catching ability, and the Falcons have all the opportunity in the world for him to get enormous amounts of touches. He's got fresh legs as a rookie, only 21 years old. The sky's the limit for him. He has RB1 overall potential, and you may be thinking, and I know many are thinking this, especially those who don't follow fantasy football year-round, why is a rookie so high? Why is Bijan Robinson projected to go top five in fantasy drafts because he hasn't even taken an NFL snap. But I would answer to that with his college career at Texas. It's not just any RB prospect that we're looking at. This is a Saquon Barkley level prospect that Bijan Robinson is maybe even Ezekiel Elliott when he was coming out of college at Ohio state. And we saw those guys make immediate impacts and have elite RB one seasons right away. He's going to be no different. And he's especially a very, very durable runner has less injury risk than a guy like Austin Eckler, or Christian McCaffrey. And the Falcons took him with a top 10 pick, which shows a lot, especially given how devalued RBs are in this landscape that Bijan Robinson was still worth that luxury choice. He's going to make it worth it for them, at least in fantasy numbers this year, for sure. 
On to the next tier of guys on Fantasy Pros. You got Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, who rose up to the RB8 since I last talked about him, and Josh Jacobs. And so first, we're going to start at the RB4 with Jonathan Taylor. He had an RB1 season in his pocket in the past, had another good year last year with Indianapolis. Of course, now has Anthony Richardson in the offense. Will that take away from Jonathan Taylor's workload? Maybe a little bit with Anthony Richardson's dual threat ability, but will that also help his efficiency? Probably also because he got multiple threats now coming out of the backfield. JT struggled with some injuries last year, but when he was on the field, still got an enormous amount of carries, had a few dud games, but for the most part, still was putting up RB1 numbers. He should be drafted highly again next year. Saquon Barkley, that's another guy who stayed healthy as the Giants offense is on the rise i continue to like saquon barkley still doesn't have a ton of mileage on those legs although after last year with those 350 or so touches that has definitely changed significantly but obviously he's had trouble staying on the field and staying as explosive but we saw him gain his old explosiveness back the one thing that he's never going to fully get back is the amount of targets he got from a guy like eli manning but still 76 targets even from daniel jones that's very respectable enough to carry a big rb1 season and half ppr after that, you got Nick Chubb. With Kareem Hunt gone, Nick Chubb will command maybe even a bigger workload than he did in the past. Of course, the receptions and the targets just aren't going to be there. He's not that guy who's catching passes out of the backfield, but ran for over 1,500 yards last year, five yards a carry, and he was getting over 300 opportunities on the ground alone. He's one of the most efficient runners in the league, and I know the joke is that people talk about Nick Chubb and the only thing they can say is the best pure runner in the league which is kind of funny because Derrick Henry is also up there in that conversation for me but he really is a great pure runner and not to, not obviously to overuse that phrase but he's an efficient runner he's physical at the same time but also has explosive playability so he's going to continue to put up numbers even if he's his ceiling is maybe slightly capped he's probably not going to be the RB1 overall just because he doesn't catch a ton of passes and that's so important in half PPR but he will be high and he will be in the top 10 or top eight Derek Henry the RB7 he's shown no signs of slowing down his reception numbers have actually crept up slightly I believe over these last few years he's now 29 years old but did get 41 targets 33 receptions last year so caught a little bit out of the backfield still not enough to be crazy but of course 349 carries so we got to trust that workload and volume as long as Derek Henry's out there he's going to be a top five RB in my opinion is still a little bit undervalued until we're notified otherwise Derrick Henry is going to continue to dominate in the league. The RB8 is Tony Pollard. I talked about this last episode. He is very, very overhyped at the RB8. He's not going to finish here. You're projecting him to finish really at his absolute ceiling. He, unlike other guys like Derrick Henry, didn't get a ton of opportunities last year. Only 193 carries on the ground and 39 receptions. We haven't seen him take a bell cow role. Ezekiel Elliott was carrying the ball just as much or more than him last year. And so Tony Pollard functioned as a change of pace back, which allowed him to put up absurd efficiency numbers. 5.2 yards per carry, which we're not going to see from a guy like Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is not nearly as good of a running back as Nick Chubb. And even Nick Chubb couldn't put up the same yards per carry that Tony Pollard did because Tony Pollard was in a unique situation where he didn't have to touch the ball as much and wasn't as relied upon. So the efficiency is going to drop with every increased carry. And that's why I don't think Pollard, who has never shown it in a full-time bell cow role, will be able to do so. He's going to have some upside with the receiving ability, but even that can be a little overhyped with only 371 receiving yards last year. It's not like Tony Pollard 
Pollard's some elite guy out of the backfield either. He's not going to be the same three down workload guy as the other guys in his range. And he shouldn't be in the top 10, let alone number eight. Josh Jacobs at RB9. He has also been, I mean, him, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, they've all been vocal about these RB contracts. And Austin Eckler's pretty settled in with his right now. But Josh Jacobs, another guy who couldn't get an extension done. But he got Derrick Henry-esque workload last year. 4.9 a carry on 340 attempts. People forget just how efficient Josh Jacobs was. And 53 catches out of the backfield. I think with this new regime in Vegas and what they're trying to do now with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's going to continue to put Josh Jacobs at the forefront. And he should have another career year and be inside the top 10. I'm excited to see it. Very, very quality pick at the back of the first round if you're looking for a consistent RB1. Next guys up, Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Jameer Gibbs. So that's the next tier on Fantasy Pros. We'll start at number 10 with Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. He took over the backfield a lot last year. 210 opportunities on the ground, 69 receptions through the air. Maybe that wasn't so expected because you definitely think of Ramondre Stevenson as more of a physical guy between the tackles, but he has that underrated pass catching ability as well. Only 6.1 yards a catch. So it wasn't like he was being super explosive out of the backfield, but got a lot of targets. So his touch account was still pretty high. Should be the guy going forward with a guy like Stevenson though, or also a guy like Brees Hall at RB 11. You have to worry about whether Dalvin cook will sign with the team, but there's obviously such a low likelihood that Dalvin Cook signs with any individual team that you can still take shots on these guys and they'll more than likely be workhorses next year. Same for Brees Hall. He's such a good running back, was on a big surge. And the only reason I'm not projecting Brees Hall to be like a top eight RB right now is because of that looming threat of Dalvin Cook. But I still think if Dalvin Cook comes, Brees Hall will be a top eight, maybe top six or top five running back next year. And the RB11 ranking underrates him a little bit. I like taking him at that spot because I think he has elite potential especially with the pass catching ability that he holds and the three down rushing ability that he has as well. Najee Harris at the RB 12. People forget Najee Harris started off the season really, really slow, but ended it with a bunch of RB one and RB two performances in a row coming out like week 11 onward. There was only one game where Najee Harris finished outside the top 24 and no games where he finished outside the top 30. So he was consistent. The Steelers still have a bad offensive line, but of course made a draft pick in the first round to rectify that somewhat. It's going to be up to Kenny Pickett though, to see whether this offense can take a step forward. But Najee Harris will probably continue to be a little bit too inefficient to have as much upside as the guys ahead of him. He's still going to get the workload to be really, really good and consistent, but the upside just isn't quite there. But it does help, of course, now that the Steelers have Broderick Jones, he'll likely start at left tackle, but still difficult situation on that offensive line. It's very beluggered. A lot of guys that you don't hear about often, a lot of below average starters on that line. So Harris overall probably deserves to be sitting around where he is. You got Travis Etienne next Darby 13. We know he has home run playability. This Jaguars offense is going to be even more efficient. He'll probably get a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns with Calvin Ridley coming back. ETN had only five touchdowns this year. I expect that to change. I think they'll end up giving him more red zone opportunities as he becomes the guy. I don't expect Tank Bigsby to challenge too much. He might take some red zone opportunities from ETN, but we might see a lot more out of the backfield from him as well. He's probably going to get several more than five touchdowns, maybe not into double digits, but eight touchdowns, nine touchdowns seems like a more reasonable projection for Travis. ETN this year due for some positive regression 
Joe Mixon at the RB14. We know what he is. He's been there for years. He's hitting that age 27 spot where RBs tend to fall off a cliff and did run for 3.9 yards a carry last year. So there are some concerns about his regression, but there's concerns about regression for a lot of these RBs. And I still think with the workload he's continued to get with 60 catches and 212 carries, that's enough for Joe Mixon because he does have those huge explosive games such as that 51 point week against Carolina. And that was in standard scoring that he put up 51 points and half PPR. It was even higher at 53. That was an absurd week. And Joe Mixon has the potential to do that for your fantasy team. He was a bit underwhelming otherwise though, I will say. So there's reason to put him at the RB 14, but I think he has another RB one season left in him. If he gets enough work, Aaron Jones at the RB 15, he continues to stay with the Packers. Now it's going to be Jordan Love's time. Do We may expect Aaron Jones' efficiency to reduce a little bit, being without Aaron Rodgers for the first time. He had 5.3 yards of carry last year. The good thing for him is that he doesn't get a ton of work, so he'll be able to continue that efficiency, especially with A.J. Dillon taking up a lot of snaps. But Jones... He still probably still stay efficient, but I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped to maybe 4.8 yards a carry instead, 4.7 with Jordan Love at the helm. So we're not going to see huge upside from him next year, but he'll still be a good RB2. Jameer Gibbs at the RB16. He's going to have to compete with David Montgomery in Detroit, but what a talent. They took the Lions took him way too early because running backs just isn't that valuable of a position, but taking him in the middle of the first round shows a lot of confidence. I think he's going to be involved right away. He's a threat in the passing game as well. And there's a lot of potential for Jameer Gibbs, so much so that I wouldn't mind taking him ahead of guys like Aaron Jones or Joe Mixon if you're really swinging for the fences because this Lions offense is on the rise. They've got a capable QB in Jared Goff, and Jameer Gibbs between the tackles is super, super effective. He would be a great top RB in his class. It's just that Bijan Robinson overshadowed him, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a big, big rookie year from Jameer Gibbs because running backs drafted that highly usually contribute and become workhorses and top 12 RBs very, very soon, even oftentimes in their rookie years. Last four guys, Kenneth Walker at the RB 17 for Seattle. Zach Charbonnet is going to be competing with him for touches. And we know how quickly Pete Carroll likes to move on from his back. So Kenneth Walker better hope he stays healthy, but I still expect at the beginning of the year that we're going to see mostly Kenneth Walker and not Zach Charbonnet, because it also does often take a while for Pete Carroll to integrate those rookie RBs into the offense. It only was an injury to Rashad Penny that really allowed Kenneth Walker to fully just explode and take over, but he's still from week six, six through 17. Once that happened was excellent. Over a thousand yards on the ground, very has very much home run hitting playability. And next year, at least at the beginning of the year, he should start off strong. Could be a guy you could draft and then sell high when maybe before the Seahawks bye week, for example, trade him away and get a lot of return on investment as his value rises in the eyes of other fantasy managers. J.K. Dobbins, next up at the RB18. He's a mystery. 5.7 yards of carry when he was out there. That is a lot, but he also didn't play very much. Was very injured once again. J.K. Dobbins is going to have a lot to compete with in the red zone now with all these new targets added to Baltimore. And Lamar Jackson, he'll have to compete with for touches on the ground. And he just doesn't catch a ton of passes. I feel like if J.K. Dobbins just caught a few more passes, it would be a different story for his fantasy value because he would have a lot of floor. But for now, he's a big boomer bust guy because for him, he is very, very efficient, especially in this offense with Lamar Jackson. But if he doesn't get the work on the ground consistently or the receptions, he is prone to big, big bust weeks that can tank your fantasy team. So he's going to be a boomer bust pick. 
That's why when he was out there, I mean, he was still struggling to get going in weeks three through six. But in those weeks, he had three performances outside of the top 40. But near the end of the season, he also had an RB5 finish on just 15 carries, 15 touches, and he had an RB5 finish. So he has potential to do things like that, too. It's just going to be inconsistent. You probably want to pair him with a safe RB1 on your roster. Miles Sanders at the RB19. He was great last year, borderline RB1, but there's definitely some regression on the line for him, given that he's moving to a Panthers offense that is not expected to win a ton of games in year one, even with Bryce Young. Panthers could be somewhat competitive, but they're not like the Eagles with that top, top offensive line. So Miles Sanders' efficiency will probably go down from 4.9 yards a carry. He probably won't get as many touches given that the Panthers won't be ahead as much. He's been a guy that traditionally has been very game scripted out of second halves and not gotten the opportunity to score a ton. But he got an increased workload this year with the Eagles being ahead in games and had 11 rushing touchdowns. Both of those will likely go down. So we'll probably see him more in that back end RB2 range. I would consider taking a guy like Cam Akers over Miles Sanders because Cam Akers at the RB20 came back from the Achilles injury and by the end of the year was putting up three straight top 13 RB performances the last three weeks of the season, all with over 100 yards on the ground. He doesn't get the ball much out of the backfield, which does hurt, but he has workhorse potential. We've seen Sean McVay feed Cam Akers in a way that few other RBs get throughout the season. With Matthew Stafford coming back and Cooper Cup as well, this offense should move better. With a full season ahead of him for Cam Akers, there is top 12 upside in the cards. There's also potential to bust and become a back-end RB2. But at the RB20, it's not a bad price to take a shot on a guy like Cam Akers who could become another RB1 for your roster. So that wraps up this episode today. Thank you all for tuning in. That was top 20 RBs plus bull take number four. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast. Second goal fantasy at gmail.com is where you can send your fantasy questions. And coming up, we got a wide receiver episode and this isn't confirmed yet. So don't get your hopes up completely, but we may have a special guest who you've heard of before for the wide receiver episode tomorrow. There's a little teaser for you. Don't miss it. Thank you all for tuning in. We're halfway done with the positional previews, getting closer and closer to the fantasy season. I'll see you all next time.